0: to the keen yoga podcast bringing you the stories of many people who in various ways are attempting to walk the path of yoga our intention is to inspire your own practice and commitment to yoga beyond the mat and in all areas of life we consider this an offering a service to the community and a labor of love if you feel inclined any donations are appreciated just visit our page and click the donate button at www.keenonyoga.co.uk forward slash podcast i hope you enjoy the show Today's guest on the Kingdom Yoga Podcast is Mark Garot. Mark began practice whilst in the US Marines in order to relieve his lower back pain. He found a general yoga DVD and used to go through the routine in his own barracks. An avid rock climber and outdoorsman, he was desperate not to allow or become a debilitating condition to dominate his life and stop him doing what he loved. However, he says Ashtanga, when he finally arrived at it, was the hardest thing he'd ever done, harder than the army. Inspired by Dave Christensen, also a guest on the Kirin Yoga podcast, he travelled to Miami and began to incorporate the backbend sequence in his practice that he'd been avoiding for obvious reasons. Perhaps surprisingly, he found the dropback sequence healing for his back. Further encouraged, he committed to a daily Ashtanga practice and travelled to Mysore in 2014, where after three trips he's authorised to teach Level 2. He teaches at his Shala in the Great Lakes, Ohio, where he lives and the Charlotte is set on ten acres of woodland, a beautiful aspect. So, welcome, Mark, to the Kieran Yoga Podcast. Really pleased you made it today.
1: Thank you for coming.
2: Yeah, um, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, that's
1: great. Um, and uh, I, I think a, a newer um, student of the Ashtanga method. Um, can you just give us a little bit of your background with it when you started and and, and your time and in Mysore, etc. A little bit of an overview. Yeah.
2: Um, so. I was, I was in the U.S. Marines uh, when I was out of high school. Uh, I served right. four years um, there. And um, it was during that time in the Marine Corps that I, I injured my back. Um, right. I started having a lot of back pain, um, and I had some herniated discs in my lumbar spine. Oh, wow. Um, and I was only like you know, 21, 22 years old, and I was pretty fit uh, otherwise. Um, I really liked, I really liked working out. I liked being active. I was into rock climbing and skiing and camping. Um, Yeah. So I didn't like the idea of, um, you know, suggestions were like, Hey, get surgery. And I was like, right. Yeah. I don't don't like that. It doesn't sound good. Um, so then every once in a while, someone would just mention like in passing, like, Oh yeah. Like I know someone who did yoga for their back and it made them feel better. And, um, it just kept getting brought up more and more to my attention. Um, so, know I was living in Northern California in the middle of the Sierra Nevada mountain range, not far from Yosemite national park. So it was uh-huh. a pretty small little area, not a lot of population, no yoga studios around at all. Um, so I went to like a, like a target store and, uh, and, and found like a, a yoga DVD <laughs> uh, and it was just a generic, like vinyasa DVD, nothing special. Um, uh-huh. and, um. I started doing that like once, once maybe once a week or twice a week uh, on my own, in my barracks room um, to kind of oh, see. You're still, you're
1: still in the army. You're still, you're still in the Marines at that point. Yeah, I was, I was
2: still in the Marines at that okay. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, and I would just do it once in a while, like to see if my back would, uh, would feel better. And it, I, it did. I mean, it was, it was, it felt really nice while I was doing it. I felt good for like a day or two afterwards, you know, um, but I wasn't committed to it. I didn't know anything about yoga. I just thought it was like a really nice stretching routine and it made my back feel yeah. better. Um, So that that was it. And, um, it wasn't until my late twenties. Um, I had, you know, gotten out of the Marine Corps. Um, I had, uh, you know, met my, my, my current wife now, Sarah met her, um, through climbing, we were climbing together and my back started acting up again. And and some of our trips, my back would go out and I wouldn't even be able to like walk down the trail. I'd have to like crawl out quite that bad. Right. It was getting really bad. Yeah. Sometimes it would go out and I couldn't even put weight in my feet. Uh, it was horrible. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. And she, she was like, well, this sucks. Like I want to go climbing with you and you're always injured. <laughs> yeah. so, um, so that's when we um, decided, you know, where we were living at the time now, now we were living in Geneva, Ohio, which is where I live now. Um, and it's right. a, it's a small town, like uh, about 8,000 people and no yoga studio here. Um, so we, we drove, you know, about 45 minutes towards Cleveland, Ohio, um, and found some yoga studios and we do yoga there once in a while. Um, but yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't like satisfying us. I mean, I was feeling good, but I, I started feeling like there's gotta be more to yoga. Like I wanted to learn like something deeper, understand this more. Um, so we found David Swenson's book, the practice manual. Um, uh-huh. yeah. And, and I was like, well, oh, this is a set sequence. looks like it'd be easy enough to memorize. Let's just. Let's just do this on our own at home. <laughs>
1: so yeah, I mean, you're not the only one there. I think yeah, know. yeah. I think a lot of people start
2: that's, that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. And that's also that's why rocks.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's,
1: attracted you, maybe. Um, <laughs> what what we what work we do? I mean, just to flesh out your background. I mean, what, when you came out of the Marines, what what kind of stuff were you doing work-wise?
2: Well, actually, I went through a lot of different jobs. Um, yeah, I had trouble as an adult, like as a young adult, like finding my path and kind of like what I was supposed to do. Um, right. So, actually, when I first got out of the Marine Corps, um, I was kind of missing that brotherhood, that camaraderie. Um, so, I, I uh, went through yeah. uh, firefighter academy, I went through police right. academy, um, and I went through like EMT school, like to be like an emergency responder. Um, right. I went through all those schools real quick when I first got out, and then I ended up getting hired as a police officer, believe it or not. <laughs> So I, um, I did that for one year and realized right. that it was, was not for me. Um, I didn't like that. Um, so then I was, I was managing a climbing gym for a while. Um, that's when I met my wife. Um, yeah. I was doing that. Uh, I worked in, in the plumbing and heating field for a while. I'm <laughs> um, installing furnaces.
1: Yeah. You've been around. Right. So yeah. that, right okay. So then henceforth, your beautiful log burner. Did you put that in yourself? Uh, Uh, no, actually I didn't put it in
2: myself. It was, it was here when we bought the house, but
1: (laughs) (laughs) we, we're not the only one that came out of an army background, you know, um, Shandor Remete, um, who we've had on, he, um, he served in Vietnam. Oh wow. Yeah.
2: He's
1: actually, yeah. He's actually in Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, I mean, were were you just in the U S or did you move, did you go overseas Um, with the the training?
2: I, I lived in Okinawa, Japan for one year. Um, Okay, but I, I, um, so I ended up getting out of the Marine Corps in two thousand and three. Um and that was kinda right um whenever things were starting to get heated up in Afghanistan. Um so I right. got out kind of just like you know, my four years ended kind of right before all that happened. Um so I right. never I never uh deployed for like wartime. No.
1: Yeah, yeah. So sorry, so I, I digress, but it always seems to be incredibly exotic to be in the Marine Corps, like that. <laughs>
2: i tell no, like people super, it, was, it was like a, uh,
1: like a super agent yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: it, it was hard i mean it was difficult I but mean, uh, I, I always yeah. tell people that it was just training for ashtanga Ashtanga's harder <laughs> so you think so yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah. i do yeah, so. <laughs> well,
1: okay so carry on so you started managing the gym and you found david swenson's book and um yeah because i don't know what, what what teachers you've had actually i mean you mentioned charatta on your um, yeah. on your social media stuff. But um, I don't know what other background you've had with teachers. That's, well, so I, didn't what happened have, after that? I didn't have a lot of right. teachers. Um, so right, okay.
2: at this vinyasa studio that my wife and I were going to, there was a guy who kind of came through. He, he was a little bit of a drifter. He came through and then was gone a few months later. But he he came through and taught the primary series lead, um for about, I don't know, maybe six months or something. Um, so I would go to that like once a week if I could. Yeah. And that was like my real first introduction to Ashtanga. Um, and, and then, um, when he left, it kind of left us like missing it, you know? So we, we found David Swenson's book and, um, and then David Swenson was actually the first person I ever practiced with, the actual, like a teacher, um, to do a Mysore. Yeah. Um, he yeah. did Mysore with you. Yeah. That, yeah. I did. That's uh, kind of unusual
1: because David, does, you don't get so much Mysore with David, you know?
2: Well, actually, All so I went down, I went, <laughs> I went down to Columbus, Ohio. I think this was yeah. in like, maybe 2012 or 2013. I went down to Columbus, Ohio. There's a big studio out, down there that has a lot of guests in. And um, they were having David Swenson in for a week. And it was actually led every day. Um, but I, I went a few days early and did um, my store at Taylor Hunt's studio. Um, okay. So that was my yeah, first I know, ever, I know, like, I know. yeah, only first ever like opportunity doing, um, doing my uh-huh. store. Yeah,
1: right, so, okay. Yeah. And that was in where, what year?
2: I think that was twenty
1: twelve or twenty thirteen. Okay, uh, right. So to, yeah. where did did you start? You must have started like a twenty ten then or something, right? Is
2: yeah, it? like the end of wow. two thousand nine, beginning of twenty ten right in there.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. That's quite recent. Yeah. Um and yeah. wow. So you built up a good well, you had the training, didn't you? You had the training to, with the with the Marine Corps and you know. Um right, so so following that so you you did David and then, you know, you've done a couple of other teachers and then you went to my two thousand fourteen. Um yeah, I'm authorized now to teach the intermediate as well, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Authorized yeah. to Yeah. It was actually um, in 2015. So, or No, sorry, 2014. Like Right before I went to, right before I went to Mysore, I, uh, I went down to Miami, to Miami Life Center. Uh, uh-huh. And Kino and Tim were supposed to be doing a, a workshop together. Um, so I signed up for that, like a two-week intensive. Um, but then they changed the schedule last minute. And it was Kino and Dave Christensen. Who I, who I know you know, um, and then also yeah, Patrick yeah, yeah. Patrick Nolan.
1: Um, Patrick I know as well. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah. so it was the yeah. three
2: of them that were teaching right. instead of Kino and Tim, and um, that's. it was during that trip that, that that I was, like, encouraged to go to Mysore, you know? Right. I was like, what, what do I do from here? You know, like, I, I don't know. I don't have a teacher at home, and I like practicing with you guys. It's awesome, but I live in Miami, and they were like, go to India. Like, the, you know, all three of them was like, go to Mysore, go to Mysore, you know? So, yeah. Um, I took that as a okay <laughs> time to
1: go. Yeah, right. So, and, and subsequent to starting Ashtanga, you, you know, I mean, because the the one defining aspect of your your journey with this is that you had the back difficulties and did that just go away? And then what? I mean, I suppose that we could talk a bit more about that. How did you? Before we go on to experiences in Mysore, wow. how how did, how did you? find it with the back and 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 did you have relapses and and what postures seem to help it, it will be yeah. an interesting
2: topic yeah great great questions yeah um so <clears throat> when i was practicing on my own um i would have really great days where i could like fold nice and it would stretch my ql you know on the low back and it would just it would feel really good but then i'd have days where ego would get a hold of me and i'd like go too deep and like super kramasana or something and then my back would hurt really bad and i'd be sore for you know 3 or 4 days um so it was a back and forth and the whole time i was i was questioning myself cuz i didn't really have a teacher i didn't really know what i was doing but i was also questioning the the Shtanga practice like is this really good for me or not you know i wasn't 100% certain um and yeah. i was not backbending cuz i was too afraid to do it <laughs> right we well, didn't do that at all no i was i was you know doing up dog but uh yeah. at, at the very end like for urdvahdanasana i would just do like three really wimpy versions of it with no real effort um and that's what i would do you know and um i was just i thought it was gonna make my back worse i was really afraid of backbends um so i wasn't doing them and it was actually day who um that first kind of day, ironic, now,
1: actually, with day i mean you like, no. know yeah.
2: <laughs> well she's she's changed a little uh, we, we all change you know
1: um, yeah yeah absolutely And i'm sure she they, wouldn't yeah. recommend you going to my school now either.
2: No, no. Um, <laughs> But it was her, it, it was my first day practicing down there. And I was kind of nervous. You know, I hadn't practiced in the soul room very much. Um, and uh, I try to like hide in the back of the room and do my practice. You know, and she immediately picks me out, you know, because she didn't recognize me. And um, at the end of my practice, I like just do three really bad backbends and I don't stand up or drop back. And she comes back and she's like, What are you doing? Like, you have to do your backbends. She like, called me out on it. Um, and you know how she's very like stern and a matter of fact and, you know, um, yeah. So yeah, yeah. she was just very blunt and like, you need to backbend. It's what you're supposed to do, you know? So um, I told her, I was like, well, I don't know how to stand up and drop back. So she like helped me with a few. And then she said, go to the back of the room and just keep working out until you stand up. (laughs) It was very like, what? (laughs) This is what I'm supposed to do? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, But part of me really, really loved that. Um, I loved her her confidence in me. She was just like, go to the back of the room and, and do it until you stand up. Like she seemed like there was no waver in her confidence. Like she knew I could do it. So because she knew I could do it, I felt like, yeah, I can do this, you know? And, um, because I said, I always had questioned in my practice before I questioned myself, yeah, I questioned the yeah. style. And she was so stern and, and matter of fact, mm, mm. that I just felt like all this trust in her. I was like, yes, like she knows what she's talking about, you know? So, um, it was actually on like day two or day three, I actually stood up on my own. And, uh, I thought I would never you know I, I, it was not something I ever wanted to do or wished to do or anything um, mm. but that's really the turning point that's when my back started healing when I learned how oh, really to right. back bend properly, yeah those those herniated discs I had you know with the, the proper spinal yes. extension they started to then um, go back into place um, and um,
1: right so it wasn't the yeah. forward folding that was healing. So you thought it was the back bending that was healing. Not the forward yeah. folding. No, yeah. the the back bending. I, I mean, go ahead. Sorry, carry on. Um,
2: I was to say that the the, the back bending, um, it was the most terrifying part of my practice. But it yeah, felt so relieving yeah. and it felt so good. Um, it was like a breath of fresh air. And the forward folding just kept like exacerbating the problem. You know, like, with herniated discs and mm. like, the rounding forward, that that spinal flexion is what really causes problems. Um, so. Yeah, it was it was uh, amazing. It was like a turning point
1: for me. And have you had setbacks along the way? Have you had relapses, or or has it just been one smooth kind of trajectory into into healing?
2: It's been pretty smooth up until the beginning of twenty twenty. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So um, it's, it's it's really weird, but like the the backbending feels so good for my back when I'm doing it, it feels amazing. But one, one side effect of backbending is that it does tighten and strengthen the low back muscles. Um, you know, those low back muscles are shortening they're They're contracting. Um, so it it tightens and makes them, makes them, uh, you know, stronger, tighter. So that's fine. You know, I mean, it it feels good for my back when I do it, but then what it's Mm. done to me is because my back is tighter now, it's made my forward folding much more difficult. um, and, and I, for a while, I was pushing myself too deep, trying to like catch by myself every day. Um, I was just really going too deep every day. And I think, I think the back bending is excellent. I think my spine needs it. But I think too deep of back bending has caused too much tension in my low back, to where now I'm I'm actually struggling to put my legs behind my head. Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit of a relapse. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah.
1: Well. Most people wouldn't call putting your legs behind your head a relapse, but you know, nevertheless. <laughs> you know, you're walking, you know, you're walking in and out, which is you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. And and the forward folds, have you found I mean, you said they aggravate your back, the flexion. I mean, you know, it's funny that you come on just simply kind of quite close to today's podcast where, you know, she's uh, all about rounding in the forward folds now and finding a way to do forward folds more comfortably. Um and she's not backbending at all, um, as well. Uh, right not even an upward dog i think um yeah but anyway i digress um what your, your forward folds have you got any advice on? Her? i mean because i see a lot of people uh assume a forward because the unfortunate thing about a forward fold is that's that's not anything to do with the sanskrit name of any forward fold the, you know their back stretches Paschimottanasana is a back stretch yeah. you're pulling back you're pulling back you're not pulling forward when i learned them when you probably learned them when well, most of us learn them we take off the, and we try and pull ourselves as far into a pancake position as possible because you're assuming in the most literal manner that that's, that's what you're meant to do, so let's increase that, right? Not, not pull against it. Um, and I still see people doing it. Um, and how, how do you teach a forward fold and how have you, you know, kind of come to adjust yourself in forward fold?
2: So, um, I, I teach a forward fold probably, uh, just like a back bend, like a lot of different ways. Um, I really right. try to look at the student and see, um, like what's going on with their spine, and like you know, are, do they tend to round forward more? Do they have more of a posterior tilt, or do they have more of an anterior tilt? On their pelvis, um, and yeah. So I mean, I really try to like um, fit it to the student, and I think you know, for me right now, um, I need a little bit of flexion to to get that stretch of the QL. But if I do too deep a flexion, if I go really really deep, because my hamstrings are tight, I don't quite get enough. Um, turning of the pelvis, um, and then I, I can easily set my back out of place again. Um, so mm. it, it's it's really it's a it's a tough balance right now because I need to stretch the low back because the back bends have made my low back tight. However, mm. the the flexion um, mm. can sometimes let those discs fall out again. So mm. I have to be mm. very mindful and not place. Mm.
1: yeah. So what was the experience of Michael then? Because obviously you know it's funny you say right. I wasn't doing any backbends, and you're encouraged to go to my store. It's like, well, you better get ready for a backbend yeah. <laughs> because you know, you'll be catching before you know it. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Well, well, <laughs> I think um, day one, well, if you made yeah. me do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. What? Well, well, I mean, how can you can you define your time in my store? I mean, you've been twice. You've got authorized. We were speaking before. You've got uh, authorized quite quickly. Yeah, um, I've been have been four know, times.
2: Um, to four times. Time. Okay. Yeah.
1: Sorry. Right. right. Okay. No, right. But you got authorized after two trips, I think. Right.
2: Well, no, so I I went, 20, 2015 was my first, you know, season, and then I went the next year. My third year was the year that, I don't know if you remember, but like Sherrod accidentally accepted too many people, and then a lot of people got pushed off the list, and they got backed up to the next month. There was all kinds of confusion with it. You remember that year?
1: Oh, uh, you know what, I haven't, uh, to be, to confess, okay. I haven't been since the whole um, applying online. Uh, we, You know, it just, it just oh. became too, yeah. It became too difficult, and uh, and we we kept um, trying and getting rejected. So at that point, I felt I had a good in- innings with it. Um, okay. Yeah. Good for you. Since <laughs> maybe uh, yeah, well, you know, we tried and we got rejected, and then we, I think we tried we try the next year and we didn't get in again. Um, and then I just thought, well, I think that was two thousand and fifteen or something, you know. Yeah. And I just thought, okay, well, we have other, you know, we've been a lot, you know, and have other other things to do as well, you know. So um, yes, that seemed to be the kind of time that we kind of bowed out. Not to say I wouldn't go again, but it didn't seem to be flowing. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I think a, a better system needs to be um, put in place for sure.
1: Right. Like, well, that maybe like a huge—if one could rent a huge or buy a huge hangar—that might work. <laughs> be a lot of space in that. <laughs> it's just a possibility. Um. Uh,
2: so that that third okay. year, that third year is um, when I, I I wasn't able to get in. So, I ended up applying with Sarah Swati and I practiced with her that year.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. So, I just wanted to go, you know, so I, I practiced with her that year. Um, and then and then it was my, my fourth year where I got authorized. Um, okay. My, right, my third, right. time, third time with Sherat, the fourth time in Mysore.
1: And you, I mean, you're going to go back to the back bend thing. You were okay with the, the deep back bends there you're with your back and everything?
2: Yeah. I've actually yeah. never had any pain anywhere in my body. Uh, well, no, I don't want to say that. I've had pain, but no, nothing like major like what happens at home sometimes. Um, but when I'm in Mysore, like everything kind of moves moves pretty smoothly. Right. Um huh. there there is like a I don't know, magic to practicing with that many people and um and, and that heat too. You know, the heat of Mysore it really feels good. Um so yeah. my body usually feels pretty good there. Um but yeah, that's you do was, anything.
1: I'm uh, oh, okay. sorry. I was gonna say, uh, you, do you do any preparations in or outside the class, you know, just to. To, you know, because a lot of people are. You know, it's an interesting topic. Obviously, a lot of people suffer with pain. A lot of people suffer with back pain. So, you know, that's a. Uh, you know, for people listening, that they want to know: is there anything they can do to relieve it, or anything that you would recommend?
2: Well, I have um, about a fifteen-minute um, hip and low back routine that I do every morning before my practice. Okay. Um, so I do like some like stretches of like the the deep six lateral rotators. You know, like those those external rotation movements um i work on Hanumanasana. Um, I, you know I, I have um just some things that i do um it takes about 15 minutes uh, before i practice um to to kind of get things opened up and i find my first surya namaskara is much better and almost no back pain if i do that where if i don't do that then it takes me you know all the sun days and the sun bees to really warm my spine up to where i can i can fold okay. um,
1: yeah. Reasonable, um, yeah. I used to do a primary series before I went to lead intermediate.
2: Just, <laughs> oh, that's a big warm up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, just to make sure I was in good condition, I, I, I didn't want to face that cold really. Just to go down there, pretend you just working up, and go out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of um, work. Well, yeah, you know, I, I had. I didn't say I suffered with back pain, but. I think most for most people, you, you want to take care of that area and make sure you can, you know, you can protect and strengthen that area as much as possible, you know?
2: Um,
1: yeah, especially the teaching as well. I think, you know. I mean, have you found it difficult teaching and, you know, you're bending over a lot of people and this kind of thing, it can aggravate, you know? Yeah,
2: sometimes,
1: yeah? Mm-hmm,
2: for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, that, that first right. trip though, for me, um, I kind of fell in love with Mysore right away on uh, that first trip. I... Uh, but not, not for the practice necessarily. You know, I came home and students would ask me like, well, what'd you learn? And you can't really put it into words. It's not, it's not like attending a workshop. You know, you don't say like, Oh, I learned how to, you know, forward fold this way. Or I learned, I learned uh, this about the hip or I learned about meniscus tears. Like you don't learn that kind of stuff. But I felt like I just learned so much um, about my own practice, you know, during that first trip. Um, and it was, um, yeah, it was just it was phenomenal. I had, a, I had an amazing trip and um you say you learn about practice.
1: You mean I mean can you explain any further on that? Did you learn physically or you think of any kind of any kind of deeper symbolism with it?
2: Yeah, no, like not not the physical practice. I mean, you know, I I learn more about physical practice um practicing with more like western teachers or even just studying anatomy on my own. Um, right. You know, mm. things like that. But the the opportunity in Mysore for, for me to like, just sh- shut the mind off and practice and be with all that energy. Um, it's just uh it's a really powerful practice for me. And, um, you know, and then you know, a big part of being in India is just like living in India, like not having my my daily job, my stresses and and bills to think about while I'm away. I almost feel guilty going to India, cause it's like a vacation for me. <laughs> I don't usually take vacations. Um, so it's, it's like really relaxing. Yeah, I, I can definitely. read a lot. Yeah, yeah. I can meditate a lot. Um, I, I go over to operation Shanti, the, the orphanage outside of Gokulam and, and work with those little kids and, and, and you know, play with them and stuff. And, um, I started rescuing street dogs and I brought a bunch of street dogs home to the U S. Um, so it's all the other things I do while I'm there that makes, make it such a, like a rich experience, you know, mm. Mm. Um, and I think I think Ashtangis that maybe only look at the asana practice, go to Mysore and then come back disappointed, um, because we don't learn a lot of asana there, you know. Um, but there has to be more, I think, to the practice. I mean, it, it's 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 not just asana, you know. And, um,
1: and yeah, you, I mean, you're obviously you're kind of well known now for for some strength and and kind of core stuff, right? And uh, what kind of what does it? I mean, that's not to say it's a discrepancy, but what, what is it kind of lies behind that? Is there any, you know, any further, you know what I mean? Is there, what, what's the real grist to, to, you know, to doing that?
2: <laughs> so, I mean, I, you know, I, I do enjoy the asana practice, but, um, but it's, 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 it's not why I get on my mat every day, you know? Um, but I, I've always been a very active person, you know, like the Marine Corps and, and and rock climbing and ice climbing. So, I really like to physically push myself. I enjoy that. Um, so, it's, um, you know, like working on some drills and making my lift ups and jump backs stronger or pressing up into yeah. I enjoy doing those things. But when it's my actual practice, like in the morning, at, you know, I do it around 3.30 a.m., um, I don't do a whole lot of that kind of movements. It, right. It's more of a personal practice. And I don't always record my practice that often um, mm-hmm. because it's kind of dark in the room, and the lighting's not good. But, um, but I just, you know, my, my, my morning practice is just very, uh, it's very introspective. Um, mm, mm. and, uh, yeah, but I don't know, I guess I, there's a that little bit of duality there. You know, um, I think a lot of people think that I'm just all about anatomy and, and jumping and lifting and that stuff, but, um, it's really, it's really not my, my forte. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That kind that comes across, come, but, but you know, nevertheless, it's it's something that a lot of people want to do and maybe it's an easy in some, in certain respects, it's kind of an easy hook to get, you know, people into, right, into yoga, you know, it is, it is. um, uh, you know, it's exciting and it's, uh, you know, it's just something, I always say we're embodied and if you're, you know, we're embodied, so it's a primary concern, you know, what the body can do, what it, you know, what it potentially can do, um, and so, yeah, you know, you get hooked into it, hooked into the yoga and then maybe after a certain amount of practice, you kind of realize, well, that's, you know, it's not really that, that important after all and by that time you're kind of into something else you know you're kind of into the you look know, at the concentration aspect of it you know takes over maybe but but you know i wanted to say i mean you, you know you're doing a lot of that strength stuff online it's really good um and it's nicely done um uh but do you i mean do you you're kind of doing the challenge and and with this idea there's an assumption that everyone can build up to that would you would you would you Think that, that that's your your experience so far. That's kind of that's kind of my my yeah. beliefs.
2: Yeah, where right. I'm going with, you know, is I, I think I think strength of the body is 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 fun and cool, but I really think that it's more about the mind and, and like your determination, your dedication, um, so much right. more. And um, you know, like I sometimes tell my students, you know, there has been very easy things in my life that i failed at, but then there's been very hard things in my life that I've succeeded at. And the, the difference wasn't because of, like, my my uh, potential for that thing um, or, like, my strength or my intelligence or whatever. The difference was my desire, you know? Like, if, if something is easy but you really don't want to do it, then you're probably not going to do it, you know? You're not going to do well with it. Um, so it, it's all about your like your desire and your, your, your mindset, you know? When you want something, you believe you can do it, then I think, you know, the mind is virtually limitless. Um,
1: so you think that you can kind of whirl yourself into doing the kind of handstands and that kind of thing.
2: I do. Degree. I do. I do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe right. not okay. like on on day one, it might take some training, right. but, but I do right. believe that like, you know, we, we can pretty much do whatever we put our minds to. And I mean, the, the, the practice, when you start getting into the, the more advanced series, you start to see that. I mean, it's like these, some of these postures don't look like they'd be good for the body or humanly possible. Maybe they aren't even good for the body. Some of them, but um but oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's 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 mind over it's mind over matter you know it's like we are we are saying like well like you know this is this is a possibility you know this is all I'm capable of whatever i want to be capable of um so i think that's that's like powerful you know for the for the asana practice um oh yeah um
1: But well, i know i, I mean I know. i'll definitely go down that path to a certain degree um i mean yeah, like, is there any way to strengthen that determination? Or, what, or perhaps what works for you to, do, to, you know, to galvanize a sense of determination with it? Obviously, you've put a work into it, you know, and you, you know, you've you put a lot of effort into doing this, um, which which I did as well. Um, but what, what, what was the motivation for you or any tips that people perhaps struggle with? Just getting on the mat and doing it. What's the easiest way? I mean, you know, it's, it's something that people ask so much. How do I dip the jump through, jump back? You know, um, it, you know, everyone wants to learn this. You know, I always say I market workshops and I always say I give a, a studio and a whole bunch of topics and I always get the same one, the jump through, jump back. That's what everyone wants to do, you know. And, and so I, I just go with that and then I just slip something else in. <laughs> after. after <laughs> I shouldn't say that, but after a little while, the jump through, jump back um what what is the most there's the, the most easy way to get into it in terms of an exercise drill that you could might just flesh out and what is the way to kind of stick at it right like if someone's um you know if someone's feeling like i can't get this i've tried it for years people say i still can't get it to my body type i've got the short i've got short arms uh all this stuff you know um What, what, yeah. Have you got any words of advice here?
2: Yeah. I mean, I hear that all the time in workshops, you know, like, oh, like, you know, someone raises their hand and they're like, I think my arms are too short. Yeah. You know? And I mean, it's true. We're all built a little differently. Um, I do have pretty long arms, um, which has been a real benefit as a rock climber. Um, But, uh, and and for binding, it's a benefit. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but I really think, you know, like whatever your arm length is, that's what you're given. That's what you're stuck with. Um but what we can do is you know, we can't lengthen our arms any, but we can shorten our torso. So if you sit up really straight with a straight spine like like dandasana, um, and then try to push the ground down, you're not going to get much clearance at all. It's going to be a very small amount. But if you then do spinal flexion and engage your abs and bring your chest lower to your thighs and then press the ground down, you're going to get like a foot or foot and a half of space under your butt from the ground. Um, so it's really about it's about pulling up and lifting. Um, so I know a lot of people aren't, um, into bondos and they think that it's like a mythical thing, but <laughs> whether they are or not, I, I do think core strength, I think that internal strength, that lifting is is so important, um, to, to get that clearance, that space. If
1: people haven't got a whole bunch of training behind them, like maybe you have, is there any kind of basic exercises that people can do to develop that?
2: Um, I think the, the, probably the, the easiest one to explain on here, mm, mm, um, yeah, and yeah. yeah, cause I mean, I have a lot of drills that I do, but is just to like sit with straight legs and, and bring your chest down as low, as low as you can, whatever your sp- spine allows, you know, if your, if your chest can go to your legs and find like b- go all the way down and you put your hands underneath the shoulders. And then as you press the ground down, you try to keep that same spacing between your chest and your legs. You try to let the chest lift away from the legs. If you keep that, there's a lot of core strength and hip flexor strength to keep that all together. That'll package tight. And you just lift up and down with the heels staying on the ground. So you're like hinging on the heels and lifting. And I think that really creates a lot of awareness of just how much the core needs to, to work um, to get that lift up and jump back. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: What about mental determination or focus?
2: Well, so yeah, that's, that's, the, real, that's the real test. That's the real thing that I I love about the practice Um, is, uh, you know, so if you're having a good day where your body doesn't hurt and you feel really strong, you feel really flexible, you feel really light, it's pretty easy to stay on your mat. There's not a whole lot of things in your head saying, ah, I kind of want to stop now or it'd be so much better if I just went back to bed. You know, when you're having a great practice, you're motivated to stay there. Um, But that doesn't really teach us anything. We might get physically stronger that day because we worked a little harder. Um, but it doesn't help the mind, I don't feel like. It, it's it's my worst days, the days where I'm in the most pain, that I, I learn the most. Because that it's those days that I'm not strengthening the muscles. I'm strengthening my determination, my ability to stay on the mat when I don't want to be. Um, and that is a real challenge, especially the longer you do it. You've been doing this practice a long time. You probably see the longer it goes on, the more it's like, it's not as exciting as it used to be. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's yeah. definitely different to when I started, yeah. With, yeah. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, sure. I think but, you know, the body changes thing. as well. Uh, the other thing yes. is that the practice changes is the body changes. So, mm-hmm. you know, I started it when I was 19, right? I'm 42. Wow. So amazing. Yeah, so, yeah, I've done it a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what you'll notice, you know, it, I don't know how old you are, it, the body corroborates, you know, your own experience of it, right? What you think maybe is the experience of practice. It happens to be the experience of the body at a certain age in practice, you know? So, you know, it changes as you go on, you know? Um, So that's why I'm reluctant to kind of fully embrace the mind over matter because stuff that I thought was mind over matter when I was in my 20s now happens to be not mind over matter. It happens to be fucking facts. (laughs) (laughs) The body isn't going to do that. (laughs) As much as I would have it in my head that I've done it, and yeah. you see, you know, it's going there and it's like, actually, no, that doesn't move. That doesn't move like that anymore. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. Well, well, that is true. Sure. I mean, the physical you know, body, a, physical body does work
1: out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And practice develops and it deepens in other ways. And, you know, mm-hmm. I have to say without, um, and I'm, you know, I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, a kind of positive spin all the time guy, but I have to say, it, you know, it does, it always deepens and it develops, uh, even in the non-physical way. Um, mm-hmm. what have you, so what, apart from the backbend, Mm-hmm. What is your biggest obstacle in the practice then over the time that you've been doing it?
2: Um, I think my my the area of my body I struggle with the most is is my hamstrings. Um, you know, I, I was in the Marines and I did I've done a lot of mountaineering, um, so my lower body, hip flexors, hamstrings, everything was just so so tight when I started. I couldn't touch my toes, just um, very right. tight. And I've come a long way. But there's still the thing that, you know, when I, when I go to forward fold, I have to consciously really think to rotate the hips and get a little more hamstring stretch, or it all happens in the lumbar spine, it, which is another one of my issues with my back is if, you know, my back does too much of the work and the hamstrings don't do enough of it. then it aggravates my back. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, those hamstrings have, have been very stubborn and they've loosened up a lot, but not, you know, not, uh, not as much as I'd like them to. Um, so, um, mm-hmm
1: yeah that's where are you, area for me where are you kind of going now with the practice what what are your intents what are you working on and uh yeah
2: well, what, what so, would you what
1: would you like to achieve in the next five years say
2: yeah. um, I mean as far as asna goes like I don't really have goals or achievements like I really don't care if I am given any more postures or not honestly um i I love the the maintenance that I do every day to keep my back moving so you know, my, my real goal, um, I mean, other than like, you know, spiritual and, you know, um, you know, those internal reasons, um, my real goal physically is just to still be able to do what I'm doing now. Um, in another 20 years when I'm 60, um, mm. you know, it's, I'm, I'm 40 now. So like, you know, I'd like to do the same stuff when I'm 60. I like to do the same stuff when I'm 70. You know, I just, I really want uh, longevity with my body. Um, you know, and some of my some of my climber friends, I have I have some climber friends who are in their mid and late sixties, and they're still climbing nice. just just as hard, if not harder, than like my wife and I. I mean, they're still climbing hard. They're strong. They're fit. They're doing well. And um, hmm. I, I want to do that. You know, I I, I love being outside. I want to still climb when I'm that age. I want to still be able to go hiking and enjoy myself. But what I learned when I was in my twenties is, if your back doesn't work right, you can't do you can't do shit. <laughs> I mean, it's just, mm. everything hurts when your back hurts, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's really just about aging gracefully at this point. Um, you know, now, like I said, I haven't been able to do legs behind the head postures for a while, so it'd be nice to get those back <laughs> for sure. But it, I mean, if it means hurting my back over and over again to do that, then it's, it's not worth it.
1: Oh yeah. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: No, it's, I mean, it happens. I mean, I think I was
1: speaking to a friend this morning actually about, you know, people taking I don't say this I say anyway people taking maybe the instruction of my sort too literally and those that have been able to be pragmatic with the Ashtanga instruction mm-hmm. over the years are generally those people that sustained it in longevity you know I'm thinking people like you know John Scott I know well um, Richard Freeman you know and both sort. you know I saw these people practicing and, and the way that they were instructing and you know in their you know later years and they have had a pragmatic and, and reasonable approach on it you know and I think that you know, that's, I don't offer usually my opinions, but that that's the way I think, you know, you take it by the rule and keep it by the rule, then in the end, you know, like, uh, you know, then it's, it'll probably crush you.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I agree yeah. Uh, wholeheartedly sure. with you. Um, I think a lot of these teachers that are very dogmatic and just say like, well, this is how you do it. This is the way. Um, I don't think yeah. they're necessarily looking at their students, you know, I, I think- Or looking just, at
1: the long, looking at the long-term as well. Yeah, you know? the long-term, I mean, you know, I, I think, I think
2: a robot could teach you know, a very set sequence and not ever give any, you know, so I think as you look at students and as you see students aging and as, as we age ourselves, I think we start to uh, understand more like, you know, what is, what is right, you know, what, or what is right for this person? What is good for them, you know? Um,
1: But yeah. But it's perfectly possible. I mean, my primary teacher was, uh, outside my school was was Mark Darby and it was, I think he hadn't done it recently, but no, maybe he did do it this year he's 72 or something and he's every year he was posting he's pressing up into handstand
2: awesome. so i think he
1: did it yeah so he's done it in his 70s yeah 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 so and you know and if you look at here the way he practices very sustainable it's very a uh, pragmatic approach you know mm-hmm. to looking carefully at the last you know um so i mean on terms of the you know so you don't you know flee so you kind of you know you're doing great stuff with the with their Drills and the uh, you know the strength work, but what what is your spiritual background? Are you you're meditating or are you you're looking at text or what, what are you interested in in that front?
2: Yeah, um I uh so I was I was raised Catholic. Um, yeah. So you know I, I had to go to mass every Sunday and you know say my prayers every night. So um I think I always had an idea, you know, that like I was always kind of a spiritual person, and I always had an idea that there was like you know, more to understand and this and that. Um, So um, a big part of the practice for me is, is reading all this stuff. You know, I, I really enjoy um, the sutras. I I love, Um, I love Patanjali's yoga sutras. Um, But yeah, I really like to um, sit and read um, and think on the things I read or, you know, a lot of times I use Instagram as like a, like a journal in a sense. A lot of times the things I'm writing are things that I need to, I need to hear or I need to remind myself of. You know um different right. you know when I write about philosophy or things it's it's just what i what I'm eating, you know um yeah but uh yeah i um I do meditate um every day um and
1: real also you live out into you know what looks like a beautiful kind of natural area right as well
2: yes, yeah I, yeah um,
1: you're in the middle of the countryside or something in in uh, yeah so yeah we
2: we live in the woods, um we have like eight acres that are all wooded. Um, we have our house here and then we also like, you know, 30 feet away from the, 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 front door of our house is our yoga shala. It's on the same property. Yeah. I could see that.
1: But, and your, your, your house is on eight acres.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a little, yeah, it's a little. That's, a, that's
1: of, a big space.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It must take you some time to kind of keep up with that.
2: It does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there's, there's a lot of, um, a lot of trees that are that are dying that you know are dead that are gonna fall if I don't cut them down so I mean, I'm cutting trees down a lot and you know for firewood and um yeah there's a lot of maintenance to do um but I, I really enjoy it you know in my, my my job I mean I I now teach yoga full time so I, I run my right. Mysore program from 5 a.m to 11 a.m um and That's then a the rest of the day you
1: told me that it's a long time
2: yeah it is it is long um, you shorten it, and you're going to get everyone into a smaller group.
1: Or maybe you can't now because of social distancing. I suppose.
2: Yeah, I, I can't. I can only fit four in the room at a time. So.
1: That's right. Okay, yeah, okay. And so you're I, getting I and to... you're getting even. You're kind of quite a remote there. You're in Geneva, Ohio, right? But you're Correct. getting a you're getting a, a good group of people together.
2: Yeah, um, you know, cool. I've had a shala in this area since 2016. Um, I opened it up. Um, so. Uh, Yeah. I I probably have 20 people that come in and out of the door every day. It's not that much. It's not a ton, but, um, but it's enough for the small town. You know, there's no other yoga studios around. Um, I I could have easily drove 45 minutes, you know, to the West and went toward like Cleveland, Ohio and, um, opened a a shala in a busier place, but I really wanted to have it out here. You know, I just like it out here. Um,
1: so, yeah and are you working outside mice or have you got are you, are you working with any other teachers or any any other things particularly or
2: um right now no i'm like i am not working with any other teachers um right You're just keeping uh, it yeah i'm I'm just really enjoying my home practice right now and trying to uh trying to like find my way you know <laughs> every day of the practice and um I would like to find a teacher to to work with in between in between trips but I just don't have that person right now
1: Hmm. right and outside logging, logging dead trees, what other stuff do you do? <laughs> Climbing and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, that's what I was going to ask you. Um, what, about, what about food and cooking? What, what are your tips for diet? Everyone loves, uh, you know, to talk about food. Um, what do you reckon? Um, is there anything that will build people to get strength like you?
2: Um, you know, I've always just been... Are you vegetarian? Um, y- more or less. Uh, I say flexitarian a little more because um, I, I will uh, I will eat really whatever people uh, make for me. I'll, I'll accept it with gratitude. You know, I'm not going to turn down if my mother makes some uh, like pasta sauce and there's meat in it. I'll I'll eat it. Um, right. But but my wife and I, I mean, our groceries are are vegetarian. You know, we we just cook and eat a vegetarian diet here at home. Um, mm. I'm not vegan though. I like cheese way too much. <laughs> Um, the Italian heritage yes yeah I had to have cheese yeah <laughs> um, but, I, have uh, say, I, I tell you
1: I used to eat Dharma Mitra and the one thing he kept going oh the mozzarella he loved the mozzarella he was <laughs> so sad to give it up because he's vegan and he's mainly raw he kept talking to me about how much he missed mo- well no, I don't think he missed it anymore but that was the mm. hardest thing I think I he understand. found out of all his arsenal practice to give up mozzarella <laughs> he loved it yeah, yeah. um so do you, what kind of stuff do you eat um, you to get your proteins? Obviously people will be saying, well, you know, you, you know, how do you get your, your, your you know, you know, keep your strength up like that.
2: Mm-hmm. I, um, <clears throat> I will do a, a smoothie, um, every day after my sore. So around like 1130 or something is my first meal of the day. Um, I'll, I'll usually have a smoothie with like, um, some sort of non-dairy milk, either like oat milk or almond milk. as a base. And then I'll do like some peanut butter. Uh, spinach, banana, um, and then I'll add like a, like a protein powder, uh, a plant-based protein powder, uh, sometimes matcha powder, sometimes like a super greens powder, just different things like that. Um, chia seeds. Um, so I do that every day and and that, you know, I get a, a lot of protein there. Um, but then I also, um, am pretty good about balancing like the, the amino acids in food. So like I'll, I'll do like beans and rice, you know, where I get a complete protein. Um, Almost every night of the week, my wife and I have just a, a giant salad. We have these two big glass bowls that are huge. <laughs> and We just put like all the greens, in, and then we can fit in these bowls, and um, that's our dinner almost almost every single night. Maybe on Friday nights, we'll we'll have like pasta or pizza or something, you know. But but uh, typically, hey, it's big salad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she practices as
2: well. She practices. She does. Yes.
1: Right. Okay. Are you teaching her, or or she?
2: Am I teaching her? Yeah, yeah. No.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh well I tried that well, I tried that with my wife once and it just yeah. you know, it didn't work so well. So no, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I try
2: I try to yeah. be her teacher, I try to give her assist. Yeah. But uh when I tell her to do something that she doesn't want to do, I, I get backtalk from her. So it's not a not a good idea to try to teach her. <laughs> yes, yeah.
1: yeah, the quickest quickest way for divorce. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Tree usually tells me how to teach instead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the best way around. <laughs> um, okay so uh, an outside practice you're, you're you're climbing and you're living in a very active lifestyle you're, you know you're you've got a big big amount of land to, to look to look after uh well you know you read what else do you like to do
2: anything um you know I, I think just being outdoors is really the thing that right. we're the happiest doing um it doesn't have to necessarily be anything really hardcore like rock climbing or ice climbing it can just be sometimes i'll go to the the park or I'll go out in my backyard and just uh, sit down with my dog um, and just kind of like meditate out in the woods. Um, You know, I I just really love being outside. Nothing that there's nothing that grounds me or or gets me, you know, in a better state than just being outside. And I think even before yoga, before I understood what meditation was, I was doing a lot of mountaineering. I was, you know, I've done some mountaineering in Alaska and then in Peru and in Ecuador. And um, some of these peaks I've been on are so remote and they maybe only see like you know, one or two people on top of them, like a month or something, you know, I mean, very remote peaks and and being so small in such a big place mm. and, and being somewhere where there's no one else. And you know that like, man, if I even tripped and twisted my ankle right now, a small injury like that would probably kill me because I'm so far remote right now.
1: Mm, mm, um, mm. So
2: that, that really makes you feel just like it, it humbles you a lot. And I think that's where I first really understood, um, What meditation was, you know, just feeling this like true, this true peace and and clarity of the mind. Um, So I still go back to that. You know, that's still probably my most powerful um, way to like really connect with me is just being outside. And you said
1: Ashtanga at the start, Ashtanga was harder, the hardest thing you've done it strikes me the strange thing to say after being in marines and climbing mountain peaks. Do you really believe that? Is it really oh. hardest? And why, is it, why is it really the hardest thing you've done then?
2: So when my body's feeling good, no, it's not the hardest. Um, I actually love the practice and it, it flows very nicely and smoothly. And it's not so hard, but I think, I think, um, on those days where my back hurts, those days mm. where I'm having the, more of the mental battle where it's like, I want to stop practicing, but I know I should keep you know, going on and,
1: because it feels better when you've done it, right? I mean, is that that's exactly. the that so Yes. Right. Okay. That's it is. It
2: is definitely the Austin practice is a very powerful tool in my life, um, and mm. you know, if I use that tool correctly, then I, I feel so much better. You know, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's the mental process that's really hard for me with Ashtanga. You know, of I was, I was just staying dedicated. That's that's really where the challenge is. Physically, it's not the hardest thing I've ever done. Um,
1: I you like, find it hard to do it consistently. So you yeah. Just keep on doing it,
2: right? yeah, when I, yeah. When I'm hurting, it's 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 it takes it takes all of my energy to just like stay stay focused and do it, you know. That's right, that's what I love, you know, is I can find a challenge every day, one way or another.
1: But you're finding, I mean, you know, just to, to kind of reiterate, you're finding that you know, having done it and having gone through the series, and, and actually the back bends as well have uh, mm-hmm. helped your back, even when you start in pain, you feel better when you've done it, right? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Right, mm-hmm. but it must be a lot of pain then, if you 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 have to press through that much, right?
2: um Well, it's not pain for my back bends but yeah, like in my certain namaskar in my standing postures, like sometimes it is just excruciating to bend forward or or to reach down sideways and trikonasana. Like sometimes it is just, it takes me three or four breaths to get down there when my back hurts. um You know, to really get into into the posture correctly. Um, mm-hmm. There are some days where it's it's kind of miserable, but I feel great afterwards. You know
1: right yeah what about the breathing effects on that is that i mean you know because obviously it's a discipline characterized by the breathing and moving aspects mm-hmm. as opposed to you know something else have you found that the breathing has helped with it i mean you would imagine that it would yeah
2: v- very much yeah um right. if i if i am more focused on the breath and less concerned about what my asana looks like if i really just am like i'm gonna move with the breath and and see what comes up um, the pain seems to go away much faster. Uh, my body gets warmed up quicker, more quickly. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's kind of like building a fire, you know, like you, you have to have the right uh, balance of everything. You, you can't have too much wood, and not enough air, you know, like, or not enough heat, you know, and the same thing with the osmopritis. Like if it's, if it's all just like strength focused and lifting up and jumping back, you know, and you're not concerned about the vinyasa count and the breath, um, I think it takes something away from it, you know? Um, so, yeah, there has to be this nice equal balance.
1: What's your favorite posture? <laughs> Just to break it up and end on a lighter note. Yeah. What's your favorite posture? What's your worst posture?
2: Uh, Kapatasana is my absolute favorite posture. Um, your favorite? Yeah, yeah. and it, I, I know that I said was, earlier, a, be careful with deep backbends. But for me, that's not a deep backbend. Uh, it feels really therapeutic. It feels, it feels like I can breathe. It feels great
1: um you would you uh yeah you're, you're you're not um i think you'd have a lot of uh, kickback against uh putting that out there as a general favorite posture for a lot of people
2: <laughs> yeah it's I, know how, it's not popular. It. I thought
1: you were gonna say it's the worst posture yeah no no i love oh, it, that your, it that's just that's funny that's your, yeah, yeah
2: yeah right um uh my, my worst, worst posture my worst posture right now is like dwee um but it, it, ironically like when i first started like i loved putting my legs behind my head it was so simple for me um it was weird i couldn't forward fold and touch my toes but my hips were open i could put my legs behind my right head. it was weird yeah but i've, I've lost it <laughs> <that>. yeah
1: three <laughs> pada never never like that uh yeah and many other things with legs behind head in the advanced series but we've had a I always wanted to get those legs, like you know, the the feet when they go really to the side. You know, like I see some, particularly women. You know, you see those, and they look like ears. You know, yeah. never managed to get that. You know, I've yeah, always wanted to aesthetically. I was not pleased with my adder. Yeah. Uh Yeah. I, before I start rambling on about the postures, finally, what what? Give me a, uh, a a a an, aspiration and uh, and one kind of particular i always say a guilty pleasure that you have a little pleasure and uh, you know something that you would aspire to mm.
2: i don't know it's it's tough um I, I mean i guess with with the practice um you know i i really enjoy teaching um and um i, I live in a super small 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 town you know and I just would like to see um, more students someday, like travel here to me to practice instead of me having to. I, I like traveling, but um, I get tired being on a plane all the time and traveling. Um, I, I'd really love to have like a little retreat center here, and have uh, you know students coming coming here to me and staying. And I do have that a little bit now and the, now and again, but I'd like to have it on a consistent basis. People coming in the mm. and staying here. Um, I mean, so that's I mean that's I guess what I aspire with my with my career, you know. I'd, in, teaching, but, um, my own personal practice, like I said, it's just for me, like my goal is, is to age, to age well, you know, and, and to be healthy. So.
1: Yeah. What about an indulgence? Apart um, from the green salads every night
2: oh, my pizza,
1: pizza on a Friday. Uh,
2: no, my biggest weakness is, yeah, sh- is yeah. sugar by far. I yeah. I, I, yeah, I love sugar and, uh, ice cream is like my absolute favorite to eat the night before moon day or <laughs> the night before rest day um so
1: yeah you that's got, definitely like. was that place in my so i can't remember the name of it now something house wasn't it a little, little ice cream place you used to go yeah to, to, i can't remember the name of it either um i used to enjoy that place yeah, yeah. with that caramel sauce and the ice cream yeah very nice
2: i, I can't remember the name of it either but <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was actually,
1: yeah 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 oh uh, yeah well thanks for coming on and um well, it's been really nice to chat to you. Um, of and uh, where can where can people find you? It's uh, your website is isponimus. Your name?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I think the easiest place where I'm the most active is Instagram. You know, Yoga Mark.
1: Okay. Um, Yoga Mark with a Q-E-E. Q-U-E, Q-U-E yes. correct? Yeah. 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 Yoga Mark.
2: Um, okay. I have a website too, and I have you know, I have other places. I have a YouTube channel, nice. but I'm not active on those as much. I don't really pay attention. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, so, yeah. definitely check out the
1: the Instagram social media it's fantastic I really really recommend it everyone And, uh, and thanks for coming
2: Mark thank you thank you so much Adam appreciate it